Welcome to The Theater Project. Today, The Theater Project is thinking about producing films. I'm your host, Mary Ionelli, and I sit down with Diane Foster, actress, producer, director, and the founder of Wally Bird Productions, to discuss what is a producer, what role or roles do they play in the making of a film, and everything involved with producing a film from inception through distribution. We hope you enjoy. So thank you, Diane, for joining us. First of all, if you could give me a little bit of background of how you got here. Was producing always your passion? Yes. So producing, I've been doing it for a really long time. I've been doing it now for basically 18 years or something like that. Yeah. So when I first moved to Los Angeles, I was acting and I was dancing, which were my first loves, and I was doing a lot of theater. But the whole reason I came to Los Angeles was to do film. So I started to really recognize that in order to essentially break in independently, certainly, a good way to do that was through production and learning the other side of the camera. So that was really my first foray when I first got out here, was really just talking to people, networking, seeing what they were doing, uh, what kind of projects they were putting together. And I didn't go to film school, so I didn't know anything about film production whatsoever. (laughs) All I knew was what it was like to be on set from an actor's position. So really those first couple of films that I did was really just jumping in headfirst, essentially blindly. And I think sometimes that is almost the best way to do it because you really don't know what you're getting into. And I didn't have a formal background of really understanding what that was going to be like. So yeah, I went for it pretty much as soon as I got here. I was like, let's do this. And the first film that I ever produced went to Drive Back a Film Festival. So That was pretty awesome. (laughs) That's quite an accomplishment. Were you producing at that point under Wally Bird or did that come later? So Wally Bird did not come until 2018. I had been working with another production company at the time and I was doing lots of freelance producing. And it really wasn't until after 2018 that I realized I've been doing this a lot and I've been doing it for a lot of different people, a lot of different films. I want to start my own company because I wanted something that was under my own banner and something that I could stand behind. Certainly a lot of times I was the only female on set and I really wanted to change what the trajectory of what the industry looked like. And I felt that if I had my own company, I could facilitate that and make those decisions of who the people are going to be on set and that they look like everybody out in the world and not just one group of people. (laughs) Absolutely. I see when I'm watching movies and TVs, when the credits roll, there are producers and executive producers and 19,000 producers attached to one thing. I assume that some of those are honorary titles. So for our listeners now, what does the real producer do? Sure. I love that you asked that because I think there is definitely a misconception about what a producer does, and I can easily break it down. So for sure, when you see big time blockbuster movies, there's a lot of people that are involved. And I will say that um, even at the independent level, 
it really takes a village to make a film. It really does. I mean, nobody does it on their own. It is a team sport for sure. And we're all in it to make the best product. So you have a couple different tiers. Usually an executive producer is the person who is putting the funding in. Sometimes that person has a certain relationship to a location or to a certain actor. So those titles are usually garnered for people who are bringing something to the film that the director or the other producers couldn't do themselves. And usually it is in one of those realms, monetarily or something that they have a relationship to that they can bring to the table. Then you have your producers. And there's also a, a bunch of different layers to producers as well. So mainly your main producer is going to be the person who is putting the entire film together. So that's all the locations, hiring the cast and crew as well, talking to the director and finding out all the different items that they want to achieve their vision. And mm -hmm. that's the whole point of the producer is they're talking to the director and they are trying to facilitate the vision of the director. We are also in charge of the budget, which is very important because most directors like to say, well, we just need this alien ship. And we're like, exactly. ah, we can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> so many times that is what the producer does. Then you have a line producer. They are mainly in charge of the budget and putting that together. Then you also have the onset producer, which is usually what I do is I'm the producer who is behind the scenes, creating all the deal memos for everybody, making sure that we have our crew lined up, getting exactly what the director needs. I've had many conversations with the director so that I know what we are filming that day is exactly what's coming through onto the screen. So it's very layered, but more or less the producer is the one who essentially is making everything happen. They're the ones who, if the location has an issue, they have to go talk to the producer. At an independent level, you want to have a producer who's really competent, who can not only steer the ship, for lack of a better word, but also be certainly kind to everyone and make sure that everybody is getting, you know, the best version of themselves out. Also, mm -hmm. it is our job to completely put out fires that are happening throughout the entire production, which undoubtedly mm -hmm. there's going to be. How does the material come to you? So it happens in all different ways. Sometimes I get sent a lot of different scripts from people who will say, I have this idea. A lot of times people will come to me and say, I have XYZ lined up and I would like you to facilitate making this happen. And then sometimes I am talking to people and I am interested in a certain kind of topic and I myself start to put that team together and want to tell that story. So it really just depends. I will say that if anyone out there is a screenwriter or is interested in actually making their own product, it's important that you do have as many people as possible actually read your project because especially from a production standpoint, you want to get producers reading your material because they can help you read through a script and I'm able to say, hey, look, this is a great idea, but in order to do this, you're going to need this amount of money. And sometimes it's just little tweaks here and there that can help you make something that you've been wanting to make and not have it cost as much. And I think that's the other thing is that typically people will come to me 
and it depends. Sometimes I have access to funding, getting funding for films, and then sometimes I do not. So always my first question to a creator is, do you have funding? <laughs> um, and that's only because I think it's important for creators to be in charge of their product, of understanding that this is your creation. And I think it's important as a creator that you know what that means financially going into this. Right. And that certainly there's films made every bracket of a budget level. And I think just knowing that you can become an even better writer if you are thinking about that ahead of time. Should a writer expect that they're going to have to put some skin in the game from a funding perspective? Well, yes and no. <laughs> I think it's a dual question because I think the idea is that it's not always the case, but I do think going into it, I think if you absolutely feel that this project is really important, it's something that you really want to say, I do think that you should start thinking about, well, I have to be part of getting the money to do that. I like creators to be proactive because I think that it gives you a leg up of understanding that you're part of the process. And it also helps you not get taken advantage of, quite frankly. I think that unfortunately that happens a lot and people will take scripts and run people down a river of, oh, I can make this, I can make this, uh, when they really don't either have the intention of doing that or they don't know how to get the funding. So I just think it's important to be well-informed. And nowadays, especially with social media and the internet, there's really no excuse. You can go on and learn about it. And again, just talk to people, talk to people who are doing this as a profession. And hopefully they'll lead you in the right direction and say, these are the kinds of things that you can do to make this budget level. And it could be something that you can afford as a creator. And again, that just puts you into another position of being able to be self-reliant and understanding of what this is that you're actually getting into. So when somebody who's starting out, who's written a script and they think it's good, it's a message, they want to get it out there, but they don't have the connections. Where's the first place they go? How do they start even getting it out to producers or funders? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question. I think that it comes down to you want to get as many people reading your script as possible. And I do mean friends, family. I do mean other people, even in other industries. Making films is audience participation. You are making the film for an audience. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes writers forget that. So you want to get perspective of people just in the regular world, number one. Then in terms of if you want to get it seen, my suggestion is really to reach out to the different platforms that have access to producers. Stage 32 is a really great program for lots of filmmakers who are just starting out. It's basically a social media for film networking. You can put a profile on there and you can say, hey, this is the project I'm doing. Anybody interested in this? Also, again, using social media, put on your socials, put on your website. This is a film that I have. I am interested in getting producers involved. I'm looking for funding. The other thing is, is that you can reach out directly to production companies. So get on the internet, look on IMDb, certainly. You can also just Google, if you're in the middle of Texas, what are the production companies that are right around me? And just start reaching out to them and saying, hey, I have a script and I would like you to read it. At first, I think it can kind of be a little bit daunting and maybe even a little scary, but the more that you do it, it's just gonna become part of your flow as a creator. 
That's good. And I've read things about pitch packages. Should they create something like that before they even start going out to these production companies? Pitch packets are good because I think they really give a sense of what you're trying to do, uh, even if you're just the writer, whether you're the writer or the director. Obviously, the number one thing is going to be, is it a great script? It's always going to come back to that, which is why writers are so important. <laughs> and I think my advice would be absolutely put a pitch packet together. And what does that look like? That looks like what's the synopsis of the film? Just a paragraph about this is what this movie is about. Because a lot of times, a lot of people are so busy doing a million different projects. I know mm -hmm. that I am. And if something comes across my desk and I see it and I say, huh, that's an interesting idea because I've read the synopsis and I only have had time to read that. And then all of a sudden I'm like, well, I have to read this. And it's happened to me many, many times with films that I've actually made that I'm trying to get out into the world and I've made the pitch packet and they've seen just the title of it. And they're like, hmm, that sounds interesting. I need to watch this or I need mm -hmm. to read this. So I think it gives you a leg up. The other thing is, is that with a pitch packet, you can really dream up for yourself. This is the ideal cast that I would have. And you can put together who these characters are and who are people in the world today that we know that could play those characters. Again, it gives a good sense of understanding to a producer or a production company of the type of character that they are. And I always suggest writing out those characters, giving the people who are reading this something fun, you know, this person likes to bowl and they are doing whatever, you know, so that you can get a visual in your head of what this person is before you even read it. And a lot of times I think a pitch packet will really help people say, oh, I'm interested in reading this script now. It just gives you a leg up. So highly recommend doing that. And also use things online like free apps like Canva, for instance, make it look good. Try and really put enough energy into the pitch packet so it doesn't just look like you're just scrambling it together in a Word document. And is there a site that has a format for pitch packets or is that just something that's kind of known that you learn in school? I would type into Google how to make a pitch packet. Just know that the biggest things that you have to have on it are certainly a great title and maybe even a nice image at the very front, the synopsis of the film, your characters, and then any other important information that you would like to know in terms of the location, this takes place in XYZ. And if there's anything that you as the creator has an idea of what visually it looks like, maybe it takes place in Canada or something like that. And you just use the things that you have already created to create the world that they're going to see in this pitch packet. It really does make a big difference. Okay. And I know you touched on one or two of the sites that they should go to. Are there any groups that they should join? Yeah, absolutely. I would say industry standard are really good ones. Stage 32, I'm going to shout them out because yep. uh, I happen to be a brand ambassador of Stage 32. I really love what they do. They really facilitate getting writers and producers and directors um, and even actors together. Uh, they do a lot of networking events, so you can definitely do that. So they're a really great place. There's lots of different Facebook groups, of course. But I would definitely Google local, depending on where you are, because not everybody certainly is in Los Angeles or New York, but I would Google and say writing groups in your area and see what comes up. I would also look on the different film programs. So for instance, Women in Film 
is a group. It's a membership program. You can go on there and you can look on their website and you can see they absolutely have different writing groups specifically geared toward women. It just really depends on who you are and what you're looking for, mm -hmm. but it's out there. Just do the research and make sure that anything that you are looking for is backed by other people that are industry professionals, making sure that people that are actually a part of it are working in the industry. And you've worked with many writers and playwrights and screenwriters. What should the screenwriter either know or expect when they're working with a producer in terms of managing their expectations? Well, one of the things I will say is that as a screenwriter, you might get notes on your script. Okay. And I would say, take that and be really gracious about getting notes because first of all, you're having people read it, which is wonderful. That's half the battle is just getting somebody to read your script. Right. Seriously. <laughs> so be gracious when someone reads it. And then if they do have notes, be open to the idea that there could be different ways to do it, especially if it's a producer, because anytime I have ever given notes on a script, it's only because I want it to be the best it can be for the writer and so that we can actually get it made. Right. And that could be something as simple as changing a location or maybe taking out a plot point that doesn't really get us to the next point. And when we're in the edit room, we know that we're going to have to flush it down the toilet. <laughs> And the last thing that you want to do is obviously spend time filming something and spend money on filming something when you're not going to use it. Just be open to notes and be open to getting feedback on your script. And how do you estimate how much time a project will take? I know when I'm reading a play, it's a minute per page or something like that. A film is so much more involved than that. Is that something that the producer will need to calculate? when they're putting this whole package together. I always go back to tools. Are there any tools out there that say, here's how you budget for a film or here's what you should include? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is knowing that anything good takes time. So in terms of a film, I really look at it in six tiers. A film is in development and in development means everyone who's working on it has the script and the script is being dialed in to what we're gonna actually end up shooting. And we haven't even gotten into pre-production yet. Right. So development is the first thing. Development is making sure that the script itself is going to be awesome and ready to go into production. Then we go into pre-production. Hopefully you spend a lot of time in pre-production because pre-production is the foundation in which you are going to literally build your film. It's like having a no blueprint for making a house. Right. You know, you need to know exactly where each pipe is leading you. So you wanna spend a lot of time in pre-production and that means really dialing in the script and getting down into the locations, getting people who are going to start working with you. That is also going to be, again, budgeting. That's going to be scheduling. So those two things, you can look online. There are a couple of different really great places. There is a website called Rapbook, W-R-A-P-B-O-O-K.com. They have free templates that you can download that have a scheduling template, a budget template. Now, of course, when you start doing this, you're going to want to talk to a producer who does have some experience doing this because there's a lot when it comes to budgeting that we just totally forget about as regular people in the world. 
There's also a really another great site called Set Hero, and they also have some great templates. These websites are really good for filmmakers, especially independent filmmakers who really want to learn how to do things. It's important that you are well informed as a filmmaker, as a writer, at all that stuff. It's really important that you know what's going on in the business. So make sure you're reading the trades, your Hollywood Reporter, Variety, all that stuff. Then you go from pre-production and then you go into production. So pre-production is everything from the budgeting to um, hiring everyone to funding. I would say funding is really the most important step right after development. I would say just doing as much research as possible and mm -hmm. taking your time. Like it doesn't have to rush. You don't have to right. rush. That is the last thing that you want to do when you are making a project is rush. You want to give yourself the time. And if you can do all that stuff in development and in the pre-production, you're going to save yourself so much time, headache, energy, money, all of that. Because once you're on set, I mean, time is money. Right. Every moment you step on set, somebody's being paid. So <laughs> you want to make sure that you've got all your ducks in a row before you have ever even stepped foot on a set, yeah. ever. <laughs> so let's say you have your funding, you're all set up. You want to have a company that is facilitating this movie. So whether it is you're working with a production company that has an LLC or something like that, however it is that you get set up, because for everybody, it's different. If they're going to work with a production company, usually the production company helps them do that because it really helps you. And just in case anything happens with the project, you don't want to be liable for that. You want the company itself to be. Usually I have filmmakers create an LLC. We open up a bank account so that we can pay everybody, certainly. And that's specific for the film because you don't want your money getting tied in with the movie's money. And you want it to be very clear so that there's nothing that can be messed up whatsoever. So getting your LLC together, getting your bank account set up. So let's say you have all that together. Then you can start talking to people about hiring them and talking about their day rate and letting them know this is our budget, this is what we're able to do, having lots of interviews with people. When I did my film recently, I made sure that I interviewed every single person that was going to be on that set from the biggest person to the person who was just making runs and doing that, who is also extremely important, by the way. Yeah. So it's really important that you have an energy vibe on set and everybody is going toward that same energy of giving all they can to the project and that they have great energy because you're working really long hours. And the last thing that you want is grumpy people all day long around you. So I highly recommend making sure that you just get a sense of people before they even step foot on set and even ask them questions about how they are if certain things happen on set because right. undoubtedly they will. So once you have everybody hired and you've got your cast, definitely doing rehearsals is really important before you ever go on set. I highly recommend that. Always tell the directors that I'm working with, make sure that you have rehearsals with your actors. Sometimes we even do camera rehearsals. So the director will work with the actors just themselves and they'll work out scenes and then we'll bring in whoever is shooting it. And sometimes we'll do tests and we'll do takes of, oh, this is what this is going to look like or... It just helps you anytime that you can do that in pre-production, it just helps you be more informed mm -hmm. so that you're not wasting that time when you're doing it on the day of. Everybody just needs to be as prepared as possible coming into being on set. Of course, it's not always possible in terms of schedule, in terms of budget. 
sometimes it just doesn't work out that way. So just try and do it as much as you can. And we can even do it right. over Zoom. I guess you're paying all the people who are involved, even if it's just a rehearsal. Is it a different rate? Yeah, it, it is. It depends on the project. Again, sometimes when it's really low budget, people are involved because they want to be there and they want to get the credit, whatever it is. And then you can say, look, we don't have the funds to pay for rehearsal, but we do have the funds to pay you for your onset days. And most people are pretty cool about that. They want the extra rehearsal time, frankly. So again, just depends on the budget level. And if there is funds to do stuff in pre-production, then great. But don't allow that to deter you from not doing it because I don't believe in no. I believe that it's always possible that we can do it. So however you can work it out so that you have that time to do before you're actually on set, it's really important to do it because you're going to work out so many different things. And a lot of times actors are meeting for the first time when they get to the set and they have to have this really dramatic scene or whatever it is. It's important to make those connections before you ever do it. Okay, so you've got all your funding, you've got all your bank account you set up, everybody is ready, hired, ready to go. Then obviously you want to make sure that you get all of the deal memos that people have. A deal memo is just a very clear contract, simple boilerplate of like, hey, these are our expectations and this is what you can expect in terms of payment, whatever it is. It's important, again, just to have those conversations so that there's nothing that is misconstrued or miscommunicated before you're on set and all of a sudden somebody says, well, I didn't know. You want to avoid that at all costs. Just make sure that you cross your T's and dot your I's before anybody is stepping on set. So obviously the next part of it is production. Productions on films last anywhere from 10 to 40 days, depending on what it is you're doing. It just depends on what it is. But normally with independent feature films, we are usually anywhere in 15 to 22 days of shooting, give or take. And usually I do six day weeks. So that's shooting Monday through Saturday and then having off on Sunday and then going again Monday through Saturday or whatever days you decide. The good thing about having a longer period of time that you're shooting is a lot of times people will do it and they will do it maybe for um, a little bit of a lower day rate because they're doing it for longer days. So they're willing to kind of work with you on that. Again, these are all the kinds of things that you got to make sure that you set up in pre-production so that you're good to go once you get on set. Basically, once you're on set, you can really focus on the creation You can focus on getting everything you need to be put up on that screen because that's what whoever's financing it is paying for is so Mm -hmm. that at the end of the day, we have this finished product of everything that we see is on screen. And that's from the actors to the location to everything. And hopefully in those amount of days, you have scheduled it properly so that you can make sure that you get through your entire script and that you have everything. And you're correct in terms of the how many pages type of thing. If you can do anywhere from a page to three pages in a day, that's a lot to do that because you're doing more than one take normally. And not only are you doing the wide shot, you're doing a medium shot. You're doing both person's close-ups. And this is just if there's two people in the scene. (laughs) More, then you have to think about that as well. The director's working with their director of photography and going through the shot list and making sure that they know each scene what that's going to look like. So again, a film is really made in pre-production, 1 million percent. 
It's pre-production and then the post that the films are made in because production is just the execution of pre-production. So that's where you are in production. And obviously hope everything goes well and that you're on time and that everybody's had a wonderful time. Usually when you're making a film, you create a little family just like you do in a theatrical production and everybody becomes really friendly and then you're sad when it's over. <laughs> so once you have that, then you're going to go into post-production. So post-production is your editing, your sound design, your music, all your Foley, your dialogue, anything that you would have to ADR, which would be anything that you maybe didn't get on set or you want to change a line of an actor that would be done during that time. So normally the first thing you do is look at all the footage, making sure you've got everything. Sometimes you have to reshoot stuff. Sometimes you don't. Is that the producer? So producer is also part of the post-production. So obviously at the end of the day, the director they're the ones more or less calling the shots, especially right. if it's a director's cut. Again, it really depends on the project because sometimes with larger projects, the producer has a lot of say in what it's going to be, much to the director's chagrin. But on independent projects, usually the director has sort of the last word, but the producer is always going to give their advice and their opinion, certainly, on uh, what the edit ends up looking like. Certainly not every producer is going to be in that role, but most times producers who have been with you from the very get-go of a project are going to want to see it through to the end. Uh -huh. So I've worked on many different short films that somebody else has written and directed it, and then I have been with them from the very beginning. And then once you have a locked edit, then you can start doing the sound and the music and all that stuff. Because the last thing that you want to do is tell anybody else who's working on the film, oh, wait, we have to change something. No, we don't change things. <laughs> Once we have a locked cut, it's locked. And I tell that to my directors all the time because it has happened in the past. And it's like, no, 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 no. We are not going back. Once we have a locked edit, that's it. Because you have to remember everybody else who's working on it is working based on the time codes. So whatever time code it is, the composer is composing to that time code. So if something changes, even literally one frame off, right. then all of a sudden everything is moved. And it costs a lot of money to go back in and have to rearrange those things. So it's best just avoid that headache altogether. You have a locked cut and then you can move forward with the rest of it. And you know what? Sometimes that takes years to get to it. And I know people are always like, once they're done with the movie, so when's it going to be out? And it's like, yeah. well, <laughs> it takes a long time. So again, as a filmmaker, as a writer, whoever you are in terms of the creation of this, give yourself the time and just know that the more time that you take with really preparing, the better off you're going to be. Mm -hmm. Now, I will say for a writer, get your scripts out because you can keep writing and writing and writing and writing. And then eventually nobody ever sees your thing. So if you're a writer, make sure that you're writing and you're getting people to see what you've written. Because I know so many writers who are like, well, I'm still writing, I'm still writing. It's like at some point you got to stop writing. <laughs> and then, you know, once you have your film put together, then you really start to go into distribution. And that is when you start working with sales representatives for the movie, which is working with a company. So you'll have a sales agent for the film, or sometimes you can go directly to a distributor. Are those connections that the producer Yes. Brings? 
Yes. So usually a producer will have a good idea of, hey, this film should go to XYZ festivals. We should talk to this distributor. We should talk to these sales agents. Yeah. A producer will sort of guide you in the right direction of where your film should land once it's done. And there's many, many different ways that you can do it. Certainly people put out films by themselves, but I think film festivals are a really great place to get your film not only seen, but also it really is such a great networking opportunity for filmmakers. What point do you start pitching a film to festivals? I would assume it has to be after all of the production. Yeah. So again, it will depend on who's involved in the film. If you have some A-list actor or something like that, that you gotten into the film, a lot of times you can go directly to a film festival and say, Hey, We have Nicole Kidman, and she is doing our film by the grace of the universe, and and we're interested. You can literally reach out directly to the film festival and just let them know about it. The producer always has a sense of who's going to help you facilitate putting it out into the world. So yeah, those are really good places to get your film seen, film festivals, certainly. And then researching independent distribution companies, if you're independent, not every movie that is going to be made is going to go directly to Netflix. So be aware of that. There's nothing wrong with that. There's a place for every film. So just be open to the idea that you want more than anything to get the movie seen. Once you have a really good plan of action of, okay, these are the festivals, or this is the sales agent we want to work with, or this is the distributor, usually then at that point, you'll get a release date. And at that point, basically all of us are beholden to the distribution company. Now, I will say as a filmmaker, as writer, directors, as producers, the best thing that you can do is... Talk about the film that you've been a part of and on your own platforms, on your own websites. And even though you may not have a say anymore, once a film is actually bought by a distributor, I think it's really important to stand behind the things that you've done and share that with the world. Now you can put that on your resume. Oh, I've finished a film, which is a really huge thing to get to because a lot of people try to make movies and unfortunately get trapped somewhere along the way. And then sometimes it doesn't actually fully manifest and get done. So be proud of yourself that you've gotten through to the finish line because it's an absolute miracle, truly, to get a film made because there's so many moving parts of making a movie. As a producer, whatever you are in terms of the creation of it, you want to facilitate and support. If it's at a film festival, go to the film festival, support it, go to the screenings, invite people, tell people about it be a a mouthpiece for the film because it's just going to help you and it is going to get people to see your work. Who are your influencers? Who's influenced Mm. you? I'm really influenced by people who sort of run the gamut of doing all the things because I do all the things. I'm an actor, I'm a director, I'm a producer. So I really like that and I'm inspired by people like that. I absolutely love Reese Witherspoon. I think she's amazing obviously great actress, but she's also a producer and runs a company. And that to me is so inspiring because I love the message that they're putting out into the world. I love the projects that they have. And she just seems like somebody lovely to work with. So would absolutely love to work with her. I'm also really influenced by 
a woman named Ava DuVernay, who is a filmmaker. She has a company called Array Now, and she's a director, producer, and she got her start a little bit later in life. She was actually a publicist to begin with and then turned her direction toward actually making films. And I find her really inspiring. I think people like her who have a message, who are not only trying to entertain us, but give us a message to try and make the world a better place and that mm -hmm. it is an inclusive place for all of us. Those are the kind of people that really inspire me because I think the world is hard. <laughs> the world is really hard. And especially now, I feel it's just everything is so polarizing. And I feel like the more that we can dive into that this is a place for everyone and that everyone has an important message and their own path and their own journey. I love that. And I really love to watch things about somebody's life that I don't know anything about. And I think we can really learn through that. It's just like when you travel, you learn so much from traveling. Yes. And I feel the same way through watching films. It takes you to places you never even knew existed. And maybe they don't, maybe they don't exist in this world. And that's the magic of it is that you can be taken away to a place that makes you feel a way and mm -hmm. makes you think and hopefully can make you go out into the world and not only inspire others, but be somebody who makes a difference for the better in this world. Those are the kinds of creators that I really love and just really get behind. So they're inspiring. I also love Catherine Bigelow. She's a director producer and she's one of the only women who's ever won an Oscar for her directing. The numbers are very few for females. So those kind of people are just really inspiring to me because I think against all odds, they have pushed and made way, hopefully for people like me who want to make a difference and who just are interested in making movies for the rest of my life. So right. that's <laughs> awesome. Is there anything that we haven't covered? I think the thing I would say is that what people don't know about producers is that we are the cheerleaders of a project from the very beginning through to the very end. And we really are your best asset. Having a great producer is going to make a huge difference in your project, more so than I think anything else. Try and get involved with people who know what they're doing in terms of producing and really reach out to production companies and don't be afraid to do it. Send them your stuff and ask them if they would get on a call with you and be bold, be kind, certainly, but be bold. Even if they say no, don't let that deter you. Keep going and know that what is meant for you will happen and that you will find the right people. Don't allow the first no that you hear to keep you from not pushing. Awesome. Keep going until you hear, hear the things that are going to get your project made. And having a good producer and having somebody who has your back, they're a really great cheerleader. And really, as producers, we really just want to make sure that we facilitate the vision and that we do our job to help you make that happen. So really look for that. And if the producer is telling you otherwise, then run the other way <laughs> because we really are here to help facilitate getting the best out of you and the best out of the production as possible. We want to make sure that all that money that's being spent, all the time and energy that everybody is putting into it, that you're going to see that on screen at the end of the day. 
And that that's really where the money is going is that we can see all of the hard work and everything that we've spent to get it there is in the film. Thank you. And I look forward to our next podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Theater Project Thinks About. We hope you enjoyed my deep dive with Diane. Our audio engineer was Alex Gomez, and our theme music was by Gail Liu and Damien DeSandes. Visit thetheaterproject.org to sign up for our mailing list, as well as check out all the links and resources in the show notes. And if you enjoyed what you heard, please consider leaving a comment on our Facebook or Instagram page. That's all for this episode. We'll see you next time.